Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain TXP and today is the 21st of August 2023 and unfortunately guys, there is bloodbath in the global cryptocurrency market. Now as of today, that is 21st of August, the global cryptocurrency market is down to $1.06 trillion and guys listen, on the 17th of August, the global cryptocurrency market was at $1.14 trillion. So in today's episode, we'll definitely go ahead and discuss what is it that went wrong over the weekend and there are two news essentially. The first and the massive news is that of Fever Grande, which is all the way from China. And they did actually file for Chapter 15 bankruptcy in New York. And because of that, guys, it definitely did send shockwaves, not just in the fintech world, not just in the stock market, but also in the cryptocurrency market. And that has definitely impacted the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And the second news, guys, is more to do with Elon Musk. And looks like they have recorded some heavy losses. And unfortunately, because of that, Looks like the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies has been impacted as well. So we'll definitely go ahead and touch base on that. Now guys from Europe, there's this massive news and this news to be honest should not be surprising and that is to do with ETF and looks like Europe's first Bitcoin spot ETF has been launched. Now mind you guys, this ETF did actually get approval going back to 2020-21. So this news is definitely not surprising. But to be honest, looks like the timing is a bit weird, isn't it? Considering the fact that the global cryptocurrency market is on a downturn. So we'll definitely very briefly touch base on that. And guys, since the past few months, there's a lot of drama going on regarding Ripple and SEC. And when the ruling was out that Ripple is not a security, it definitely overtook Binance BNB chain so far as the market cap is concerned. But looks like the prices of XRP or Ripple has been on a downturn. And in today's episode, we'll go ahead and discuss what is it that the SEC is doing in order to possibly go ahead and make sure that Ripple is not termed as a security. So we'll definitely go ahead and explain that. And finally guys, we have some update regarding Bitcoin ordinals. Now look guys, since last quarter of 2023, NFTs on Bitcoin blockchain definitely made quite a lot of news and Bitcoin ordinals definitely pumped up so far as the volume is concerned. Unfortunately, it looks like the transaction has dropped by well over 97%. So we'll definitely go ahead and discuss an interesting matrix and guys, like we do in every Crypto and Coffee Date podcast, I'm going to be discussing two news from Dubai, UAE and the Middle East. And the first news is to do with Abu Dhabi Global Market and looks like they have given permission to virtual trading platform called as M2. So we'll definitely go and explore what that news is. And the second news, guys, is to do with another emirate in UAE and that is to do with Russell Kmart. And the news is that Russell Kmart DAO and Humans.ai have partnered to drive artificial innovation in the United Arab Emirates. So definitely positive news. And guys, what I've been doing since the past two months, I've been trying to break down one protocol. And to be honest, guys, during the ICO era, IOTA definitely made quite a lot of news. So in today's episode, we'll go ahead and discuss what is IOTA, what is the technology that is using, quite a lot of interesting news. So quite a lot of cover, guys, in today's episode. So let's get started with it right away. Welcome to the Crypto and Coffee at 8, the daily podcast that keeps you up to date on all latest developments in the world of cryptocurrencies, blockchain and NFTs. Join us Monday to Friday as you kick off your day with a cup of coffee and a deep dive into the exciting and rapidly evolving world of digital assets. We'll cover the latest news and trends in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space as well as delve into the growing world of NFTs or non-fungible tokens and metaverse. Plus, we'll keep you updated on the latest developments from Dubai, UAE and the wider Middle East region. Whether you're a seasoned crypto enthusiast or just getting started, Crypto & Coffee at 8 has something for you. Our expert host will provide insight and analysis on the most important topics in the industry 
can help you stay up to date on the latest developments, they'll bring you interviews with leading figures in the crypto and blockchain space and explore the ways in which these technologies are changing the world around us, from the impact on traditional financial systems to the potential for revolutionizing industries and transforming societies, we'll cover it all on Crypto and Coffee at 8. So tune in and join us for a daily dose of Crypto and Coffee at 8 and let's stay ahead of the curve together. We'll start your day off right with the most important news and insights from the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse and help you navigate this exciting and rapidly evolving landscape. In Crypto and Coffee at 8, the daily podcast covers the latest developments in the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse. We'll also bring you updates on the latest news from Dubai, UAE and wider Middle East region. This also includes a range of topics such as developments in the local and blockchain industry, including new projects and initiatives, regulatory updates, and policies related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region, local and regional events, and conferences focused on crypto and blockchain, interviews with leading figures in Dubai, UAE, and Middle East crypto and blockchain community coverage of any significant news or events related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region. By covering these local and regional developments, in addition to the wider world of cryptocurrency and blockchain, Crypto & Coffee at 8 aims to provide a comprehensive overview of the industry and its impact on the Dubai, UAE and Middle East region. Now before we kickstart today's episode, I have an important message, so check this out. Thank you to our sponsors for being part of the Blockchain DXB journey, firstly Advanced Media. Advanced Media Cars is the largest distributor of professional video, photo, broadcast and cinematic equipment and accessories in the Middle East and MENA region. With over two decades of experience, Advanced Media is now the largest distributor in the Middle East, representing more than 100 recognizable brands, including brands such as Zeiss, DJI, Hasselblad, Red and Road. As a matter of fact, guys, the very mic that I'm recording is being sponsored by Advanced Media as well. And Advanced Media has showrooms in Saudi Arabia and services as well. Looks like they're definitely taking the Middle East by storm. And here's the beautiful thing, guys. They're taking corporate social responsibility very seriously. And they're focusing on three Ps. That is people, planet, and prosperity. Now listen, guys, if you do want to find out more information regarding the statement of corporate social responsibility, check out the website that is www.amt.tv. And here's the beautiful thing, guys. They also want to be a leader and set an example and reputation as a pioneer and member of the community. And in doing so, guys, they also have an AMT scholarship with SAE Institute in Dubai, UAE. So definitely check it out. And also, guys, Advanced Media is committed to persistently developing, organizing, and hosting training workshops, seminars, and community events that educate, inform, and familiarize consumers with new equipment and the latest technological advances. So listen guys, do one thing. If you do want to support this channel, you go to the website that is www.amt.tv and follow the social media channels as well. All of the details are in the show notes below. Next, Shalut Group, a luxury retail and distributor which is headquartered in Dubai, are getting into the NFT game. And here's the deal guys, they are not just getting into the NFT and metaverse space, they are going to be shaping the NFT metaverse and Web 3.0 space, which I believe is excellent not just for Dubai and UAE, but also for the global cryptocurrency community as well. And guys, Charlotte Group's Web 3.0 sneaker brand called Soulmates revealed their first NFT collection on the 12th of April. Now, what is really interesting is that it's called as Soulmates, so it's spelled as S for Sugar, O for Orange, L for Larry. Now, instead of E, they've replaced it with Web 3, and it is the number 3. 
mate.xyz and guys listen Shalu Group has over half a century's worth of experience in luxury goods and then getting into the NFT space is a massive deal. Now if you're a sneakerhead you definitely need to check out soulmates.xyz and once again guys the number is 3 instead of an E. It has all the information and in the show notes below you'll get all the information and listen guys if you want to be an early adopter you can also pre-mint it at www.premint.xyz forward slash soulmates so definitely check it out and they have a discord community as well and Gus Nick who is the head of corporate innovation at Charlotte Group and also the co-founder of Soulmates has a whatsapp group where he constantly provides updates in the area of NFTs, Metaverse and Web 3.0 so guys check out soulmates.xyz and be part of the Soulmates OG NFT that is definitely going to shape the industry next. Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers a brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in metaverse and to grab their insights now listen all you have to do is download the app startup oi if you're using an android version go to google store and app store for ios devices alternatively you can also click on the show notes below to download startup oi Next, guys listen, if you are into fitness, if you are into adventure, if you want to do something wild but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called The Race Pace Podcast. So check out The Race Pace Podcast across all leading platforms. And The Race Pace Podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge and also the Government Gulf Games and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes locally and internationally to get inside scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. Now, in today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now, guys, since you've taken care of that, let's kick start by looking at the global cryptocurrency market. Now, as of today, unfortunately, guys, the global cryptocurrency market is at $1.06 trillion. And guys, listen, I do my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast from Monday to Thursday. And on the 17th of August, the global cryptocurrency market was at $1.14 trillion. And later on, guys, we'll go ahead and discuss 
the market cap of Bitcoin which is impacted the most. And unfortunately guys, looks like the market cap of Bitcoin could possibly go well below the half a trillion dollar mark. Definitely not ideal. Now that being said, since the last 24 hours, the global cryptocurrency market is marginally up by 0.04%. If you look at the total cryptocurrency market volume guys, it is only at $21.38 billion. Now mind you guys, the information that I'm looking at is wirecoinmarketcap.com. Now you might be looking at different matrix, let's say why I'm a sorry and coin geek and the numbers might slightly vary. Now that being said, since the last 24 hours, the total cryptocurrency market is down by 22.45% and the total volume in DeFi gas is well below the $2 billion mark and it is down to $1.65 billion and it's no surprise that the total value locked is well below the $40 billion mark and as of today it is only at $38.28 billion and the DeFi volume gas accounts for only 7.72% of the total crypto market 24 hour volume and Lido is clearly leading the packs so of our total value locked is concerned and it is at 13.89 billion dollars and look as unfortunately the decentralized exchange to centralized exchange dominance is well below the 20% mark and it is still at 10.58% now let's quickly run through the 24 hour volume now mind you guys we are looking at this numbers in the early hours in Dubai and it is still late Sunday in most of the Western countries. Now you need to keep that in mind because these numbers will definitely change let's say by Monday or Tuesday. Now, so far as the 24 hour volume is concerned, Unisop's volume is $477.11 million followed by PancakeSop at $182.28 million and the third protocol is Maverick Protocol and its volume is $128.88 million. The number fourth protocol guys is Gov Finance at $122.82 million and finally guys level finance and to be honest guys this is the very first time I've seen level finance in the top 5 and this volume is $111.62 million. Now let's quickly run through the volume of stable coins and unfortunately guys stable coins are still accounting for 92.33% and if you look at the volume in terms of dollar amount it is at $19.74 billion and mind you guys this numbers might be showing a little bit different let's say if you look at data via Masari or if you look at data via Corn Geek, now if you do want information from first source, what I would recommend you to do is look at the Explorer, let's say for Tether USDT, for Circle USDC, and that might actually give you a very detailed information. Now, so far as the volume is concerned, let's quickly run through the market cap first and then compare it with the 24 hour volume. Now, the number one so far as the market cap of stable cause is concerned is Tether USDT, and its market cap is $82.85 billion. But if you look at the 24-hour trading volume, it is only at $15.50 billion. The second protocol guys is Circle USDC and its market cap is $25.99 billion. And if you look at Circle USDC's 24-hour volume, it is $2.05 billion. Now the third protocol guys, if you look at the market cap, is DAI that is MakerDAO protocol and its market cap is $3.93 billion. But if you look at the 24-hour volume, it is absolutely ridiculous and less than $200,000. But if you look at the volume of stable coins, Binance BUSD is number third. And if you look at Binance BUSD's 24-hour volume, it is less than $1 billion. And looks like every Sundays, the volume of Binance BUSD is going well below the $1 billion mark. And to be honest guys, this is the third time probably in the history of Binance BUSD where I've seen the volume going below the $1 billion mark. Now as of today, it is at $900 and 52 million dollars and guys if you look at the market cap of Binance BUSD it is at 3.2 billion dollars and to be honest I wouldn't be surprised in the next eight weeks or probably in a month's time or so Binance BUSD's market cap goes well below the 3 billion dollar mark so definitely not ideal now let's quickly run through the market cap 24 hour trading volume and dominance 
between Bitcoin and Ethereum now goes on the 17th of August. The market cap of Bitcoin was $562 billion and as of today, 21st of August, it is at $508 billion. So if you look at it since the last few days or over the weekend, the maximum impact has actually been for Bitcoin because if you look at the market cap of Ethereum on the 17th of August, the market cap was $217 billion and as of today, Ethereum's market cap is $201 billion. So it looks like roughly around 15 to 16 billion dollars of Ethereum has been taken off from its market cap. Now if you look at the 24-hour trading volume of Bitcoin, it is at 8.4 billion dollars, whereas Ethereum is 4.01 billion dollars. The dominance guys of Bitcoin and Ethereum surprisingly is relatively consistent. Bitcoin's dominance is 48.02%, whereas Ethereum is at 19.02%. Now let me very briefly run through the market cap. Because to be honest guys, in 2023, despite whatever is going on at a macro level, the market cap of privacy coins is relatively consistent or to be honest, extremely consistent and that worries me just a little bit because if you look at Monero's market cap, it is at $2.70 billion and to be honest, this has not been impacted at all. Even at the start of the year, Monero's market cap was $2.70 billion. The mask network is number second and its market cap is $226 million. But listen guys, if you look at the difference between the first and second, the difference is absolutely massive, isn't it? $2.70 billion for Monero and Mask Network at $226 million, almost a difference of 10 times. And the third protocol, guys, is Zcash and its market cap is only $208 million. Now guys, in today's episode, let me very briefly run through what IOTA is. Because to be honest, guys, in 2017, during the ICO era, IOTA did make quite a lot of news and at one point of time it was also called as an Ethereum killer and probably the future of technology as well. Unfortunately, the protocol hasn't delivered as per expectation and look guys in the cryptocurrency world, there is the saying that not your keys, not your crypto. Unfortunately guys, of as IOTA is concerned, even if it is your keys, you still did not have access to your coins and there was a lot of drama going on between 2018 and 2019 and to be honest guys, at this point of time, I really am not sure if that thing has been resolved. So let me very briefly run through what IOTA is. Because IOTA guys is a cryptocurrency and a decentralized platform that distincts itself from traditional blockchain-based cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And the key innovation of IOTA is its underlying technology called as Tangle. So let me very briefly run through what Tangle is. Because so far as IOTA is concerned, instead of using blockchain, IOTA employs Tangle also called as directed acyclic graph and in a blockchain cars transactions are grouped into block but in case of tangle each transaction is linked to two previous transactions so what i'd really recommend you to do is go to google and just look at the image and the image might give you a much better perspective and it's important to understand that this structure allows for a decentralized and interconnected network where transactions are confirmed by referencing and approving earlier transactions and this setup guys eliminates the need for miners to validate transactions and enable the network to scale more efficiently now so far as the fee is concerned traditional blockchains often require transaction fees which as we know can increase during high times of network demand but in case of iota guys there are no transaction fees at all because users participate in confirming others transactions as they make their own transactions and this results in a system where transactions can be made without incurring fees, making it suitable for microtransactions, which are very crucial for IoT devices or Internet of Things devices. And so far, scalability and speed is concerned. The tangled structure lends itself to high scalability as more users and devices join the network. 
The transaction becomes faster and more efficient. This to be honest guys is in contrast to some blockchain networks that can actually slow down when many users are active and if you look at Solana blockchain they have been constantly bombarded with DDoS attack and because of that they have gone ahead and made the centralized decision to go ahead and stop producing block as well isn't it. Now so far as the internet of things integration is concerned IOTA was designed with the IoT ecosystem in mind and internet of things devices require seamless and efficient way to exchange data and value and the fearless nature of IoTS transactions make it well suited for frequent small value transactions that IoT devices might engage in so it does make a lot of sense to use IOTA technology as opposed to let's say blockchain technology and so far as partnership and use cases are concerned IOTA did garner a lot of attention for its partnership with companies like Volkswagen and its involvement in smart city initiatives as well and IOTA guys can be used in scenario where smart cars automatically make small payments for services like parking or tolls as well and it can actually be helpful in verifying the authenticity and origin of products using its distributed ledger technology as well and to be honest guys the use case does look brilliant but there are some security and concerns as well now while IOTA's tangle offers unique advantages it has also faced criticism and security concerns and in the past guys vulnerabilities were found in IOTA's code that did actually raise questions about its reliability and security and these concerns have led to efforts to engage the technology's robustness as well. And IOTA also has a foundation called as the IOTA Foundation that oversees the project's developments, research and adoption efforts as well. So in summary, IOTA stands out by using Tangle technology as opposed to let's say blockchain to create a decentralized network for fearless and scalable transactions, particularly tailored for IoT devices. While its unique approach offers many benefits, it is really important to understand that any technological innovation comes with its own concerns and challenges and ongoing developments and security improvements are absolutely critical for IoT's success. And to be honest guys, I haven't been following what is the latest development so far as IOTA is concerned but in 2017 and 18 and 19, they definitely made quite a lot of news and that was during the ICO era. Now guys, let's discuss the king of all kings that is Bitcoin. And unfortunately guys, it looks like in the past few days, the price of Bitcoin has been impacted the most. And if you look at it since the past 7 days, it is down by 11.09% and the price is currently at $26,143. But since the last 24 hours, it has marginally picked up pace at 0.04%. Ethereum is well below the $1,700 mark and as of today, it is at $1,679. And since the last 7 days, it is down by 9.55%. And since the last 24 hours, it is marginally up by 0.11%. Binance BNB Corn Gas is down to $217 and since the last 7 days it is down by 10.07% and since the last 24 hours it has marginally picked up pace by 0.10%. Now as of today so far as the market cap is concerned, Binance BNB Corn is definitely ahead of Ripple or XRP and I believe roughly just for 4 days Ripple or XRP's market cap definitely overtook Binance BNB Corn and we'll definitely go and discuss what is the drama going on regarding Ripple and SEC and could it be a possibility that the decision regarding Ripple being termed as a security can be reversed? I highly don't think so but we'll definitely go ahead and discuss that but one of the massive news that is going on in the world of finance and in the world of real estate is that of Evergrande and China's Evergrande group did actually file for chapter 15 bankruptcy in New York ahead of schemes meeting. Now listen guys if you do want to find out what chapter 15 is the website to look at is usquotes.gov and in that website, it couldn't clearly explain what Chapter 15 is. So essentially, a Chapter 15 bankruptcy is a way for foreign companies with US assets 
to get access to domestic courts and protect them from US creditors while they restructure overseas. Now let me very briefly run through what this is because to be honest guys because of this news I definitely feel the price of Bitcoin is impacted. So let me very briefly run through what chapter 15 is because chapter 15 of the bankruptcy code was introduced in 2005 and it deals with cross-border insolvency cases involving debtors, assets and claimants from different countries and is based on a global model law by United Nations and aims to achieve several goals. So let me very briefly run through what it is because when you talk about cooperation and legal certainty, it encourages collaboration between US courts and foreign courts in insolvency cases to create clear legal rules for international trade and investments and so far as fair administration is concerned guys, chapter 15 of bankruptcy code, it ensures a fair and efficient management of cross-border insolvency cases that protects the interest of all involved parties including the debtors as well and regarding asset protection, it focuses on safeguarding and maximizing the value of debtors assets during insolvency and also has some protection for business rescue as well because it facilitates rescue of financially troubled businesses safeguarding investments and jobs and so far as chapter 15 is concerned guys it is so critical to understand that David Grande has actually filed it in another country and chapter 15 has key points and it's often used when there's a primary insolvency case in another country but there's a need to handle matters in the US like assets located there and it allows US courts to recognize foreign insolvency proceedings either as the main proceedings where the debtor's center of main interest is or as a non-main proceeding where the debtor has a presence but not in his primary interest and once recognized, the foreign representative gets certain powers within the US like an automatic stay on actions against the debtor's assets and the ability to operate the debtor's business as well and the foreign representative can also engage in US insolvency cases and communicate directly with US courts and the foreign creditors cars have vast in US bankruptcy cases and must be treated fairly as well and more importantly, guys, the primary aim is to promote cooperation between U.S. and foreign courts and representatives to ensure cross-border insolvency proceedings. In essence, guys, Chapter 15 helps coordinate insolvency cases across countries to protect all parties' interests, main investments, and keep businesses running. And it is based on the global model to create a consistent approach worldwide. Now, mind you, guys, of us, the news regarding Evergrande is concerned. This news should not be a surprise because I very specifically remember I did actually cover this news in my Kryptian Coffee Day podcast roughly around a year or two years ago. So the big question is guys how does this news impact the price of Bitcoin because unfortunately if you look at the price of Bitcoin it is completely collapsed isn't it and the global cryptocurrency market is in turmoil as well and investing.com did actually publish an article which states that Chinese giants impact on digital market states news of Evergrande's bankruptcy filing sent shockwaves to the crypto market and Bitcoin actually led the charge crashing by 7% since the last 24 hours when the news was announced and at one point of time the price of Bitcoin did actually dump well below the $26,000 mark and it was later on trading at $26,500 as of August of 18th but looks like guys the prices of Bitcoin has fallen down once again and as of today it is at $26,143. But the article guys also blames Bitcoin's sudden drop to Elon Musk as well because looks like guys Elon Musk SpaceX did actually sell its entire stash of Bitcoin which was roughly around 373 million dollars and look guys this is one of the dangers of multi-billionaires and millionaires accumulating a lot of Bitcoin now could it be possible that MicroStrategy or Michael Saylor does end up doing the same thing as a matter of fact guys I did actually mention this in my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast 
BlackRock can directly or indirectly force Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy to go ahead and dump their Bitcoin as well. And this is one of the dangers of centralization of Bitcoin. And surprisingly, Michael Saylor was actually advocating for centralization of Bitcoin. So definitely terrible from his part. Now, so far as the news regarding Evergrande is concerned, Crypto News also stated that China's yuan briefly dropped to a 16-year low against the dollar on Thursday, slipping to 7.32 to the dollar before recovering to 7.26. And look, as these are macro-level things that does actually impact the price of Bitcoin. And what happened on Thursday or early hours of Friday is that it actually put the value of yuan to roughly around 13.8 cents. And look, as you need to be updated what is going on in the macro world. And that unfortunately has a severe impact on the price of Bitcoin and the global cryptocurrency market. Now, so far as Europe is concerned, we do have some positive development. Unfortunately, guys, this news is not surprising. And the news is regarding Europe's first Bitcoin spot ETF. So what happened is that the first Bitcoin spot ETF did actually make waves on Euro next Amsterdam. Now, it's important to understand, guys, that Jacobi Asset Management did actually get the approval going back to 2021. But they did actually delay the launch and this was due to unpredictable circumstances in the digital asset space. And look at the timing of it guys. They did actually go out and launch the first Bitcoin spot ETF. And at the very same time, there was this massive collapse of Evergrande, which is the second leading retail developer in China and probably in the top 10 in the entire world. And at the very same time, SpaceX also sold $373 million worth of Bitcoin. The timing is definitely not ideal. Now, so far as the first Bitcoin spot ETF in Europe is concerned, it is dubbed the Jacobi FT Wilche Bitcoin ETF. The offering will be regulated by GFSC, that is Gonzi Financial Services Commission, and it is listed under the ticker symbol Bcoin. And the ETF custody guys is managed by Fidelity Digital Assets. And so far as the trading firm is concerned, looks like Flow Traders is assuming that role. So look guys, if you do want to find out more information, check out Finance Magnets. And guys, over the weekend, I did have a brilliant interview with the head of research for CoinShares, who I think is probably the expert on ETF or EDC, how they call it in Europe. So please feel free to go ahead and check it out, because in that episode, we went ahead and discussed the possibility of a spot Bitcoin ETF to be approved in US and how does politics and politicians impact that decision. So go to Spotify and check out that episode. Now guys, let's discuss some drama between Ripple and SSC. And Judge Annalisa Torres has granted a request from US Security and Exchange Commission to file a motion for Lee to file an interlocutory appeal in his case against Ripple Labs and the decision guys allowed the SEC to file a motion on 18th of August and they are requesting permission to bring a case to US Court of Appeals for the second. So does this mean that Ripple will not be deemed as a security? To be honest guys at this stage I'm really I'm not sure but Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple did actually mention via Twitter that the request for appeal even if granted does not change the fact that XRP is not a security but my big question is guys why did he have to tweet it in the first place and one of the things that actually worries me is that looks like we do have a central entity representing Ripple and this to be honest is a massive ignore because look guys so far as Bitcoin is concerned there is no central person representing Bitcoin isn't it so definitely not ideal and it's important to note guys that the case against Ripple has been going on since December of 2020 with the Security and Exchange Commission sued Ripple and its executives over allegations of offering an unregistered security. Now let me try to give some bits and pieces of information guys, because in the case between SEC and Ripple, Judge Annalisa Torres has granted SEC's request to file an interlocutory appeal and this type of appeal occurs while other aspects of the case are ongoing. 
and the SSE has asked for permission to appeal Taurus's ruling, which stated that XRP or Ripple token is not a security in public sales, but it is considered as a security in institutional sales. But Ripple Labs guys had disagreed with the potential appeal and presented three main arguments against it. First, they claim that the appeal should involve a purely legal question, while the SEC's request doesn't address that. Secondly, Gaz Ripple's lawyer argued that the SEC's assertion of an incorrect court ruling is insufficient to warrant an appeal. Thirdly, Gaz, they stated that an immediate appeal wouldn't help move the termination litigation proceedings forward. And as I mentioned, Gaz, the case was actually initiated going back to 2020 and it involved allegations that Ripple offered an unregistered security and Ripple's CEO Bart Garlinghouse definitely expressed optimism that SEC's potential appeal process would be lengthy and emphasize that the current legal understanding is what XRP is not a security. So which side are you guys on? To be honest guys, looks like the case is black and white. And unfortunately, I do have to support the SEC. Now mind you guys, I'm not a massive advocate of SEC or the left-leaning administration, but it's clear black and white. So it's going to be really interesting guys to see what happens to the price of XRP and more importantly, the future of XRP or Ripple and other protocols as well. Now guys, let's discuss some news regarding Bitcoin ordinal transactions. And unfortunately guys, looks like the volume has dropped by 97%. And DapRadar guys, which I tend to look at it on a daily basis, they did provide a very detailed comprehensive blog. Now let me very briefly run through the key takeaways from the blog, cause Bitcoin ordinal trading volume and sales count has nosed out by well over 90% since May of this year. And in July guys, amidst a declining trend in NFT space, the number of unique active wallets engaged in NFT traded account for a mere 4% of industry's total and from February to mid of August 2023, Ethereum and Polygon's number of unique active wallets trading NFTs declined by 22% and 60% respectively. Despite all these numbers guys, their drop isn't as pronounced as Bitcoin ordinals which saw a whooping drop of over 90% in the same time frame. And to be honest guys, this upcoming period represents a pivotal testing time for sustainability and the future and relevance of Bitcoin NFTs as well. So the big question guys is, are NFTs all about hype? And unfortunately, it looks like the trend of NFTs is definitely drying down because look at Bitcoin ordinal's trading volume has dropped by over 90% since May of 2023. And in July, only 4% of active wallets did actually trade NFTs due to a trend of decline in NFT space. Definitely not ideal and something which I did mention earlier if you look at Ethereum and Polygon, they also saw drops in the NFT trading as well as in it. But looks like Bitcoin ordinal drop was definitely more significant than them. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the future of NFT is. Now guys, since you've taken care of most of the news from Krypton Coffee Day podcast, now let's look at two news from Dubai, UAE and the Middle East. And to be honest guys, the first news is all the way from Abu Dhabi. And it has to do with the virtual trading platform called M2. So let me go ahead and break down what this news is all about. Because the virtual asset platform called M2 has received a financial service permission, also called as FSP license, from the Abu Dhabi Global Market. The license is granted by the Financial Services Regulatory Authority, also called as FSRA. And M2 Cars is now authorized to operate a multilateral trading facility and provide custody services for virtual assets in the UAE. And the platform caters to both institutional and retail clients, enabling them to buy, sell, and store more virtual assets. And M2Cars has developed its platform over a year with a focus on establishing trust, security and integrity in the emerging virtual asset sector. And Stefan Kimmel, the CEO of M2, expressed his satisfaction with ADGM's approval 
and emphasizes ongoing transparency in client asset custody as well. Gas the Abu Dhabi global market has established clear rules for virtual asset sector over the past five years, and M2 aims to uphold the highest standards and contribute to UE's global leadership in the virtual asset space. And Salim Al Dara, the CEO of Abu Dhabi Global Market Authority, welcomes M2 to Abu Dhabi Global Market's virtual asset community, contributing to the growth of the financial center and Abu Dhabi Global Market's regulatory framework promotes growth and investment in the virtual asset sector and the executive team of M2 Gas consists of experienced professionals from the fintech, cryptocurrency and traditional finance sector as well and team members actually have backgrounds in prominent organizations like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Deutsche Bank, PwC and Kraken as well and M2's platform guys and governance protocols adhere to industry standards while maintaining innovation in the cryptocurrency and blockchain sector and M2 plans to launch its platform later this year offering UAE investors access to virtual assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum. But mind you guys, this is so critical to truly understand the second line of Bitcoin white paper. And the second line of Bitcoin white paper reads that the main benefits are lost if a central media or entity is required to prevent double spending. Now a platform like M2 does not necessarily mean double spending, but the transactions idly should be peer-to-peer. And these are some basics people need to understand when they're getting involved in Bitcoin. Now, so far as the platform for M2 is concerned, they provide institutional key trading features and secure fee and payment on and off ramps as well. And post-launch cars, M2 intends to expand its offering, including derivatives and a market-leading yield product as well. And M2's approval highlights ADGM's role as a global financial center and a catalyst for business growth as well. And ADGM's commitment to a robust regulatory framework supports Abu Dhabi's digital asset landscape and economic diversification as well. So definitely a positive news for Abu Dhabi. Now guys, let's discuss some news and that is to do with the Emirate of Russell Kamer. And the news is that Russell Kamer, Dow and Humans.ai have partnered to drive innovation in the UAE. Now listen guys, if you do want to find out more information regarding Rag Dow or Russell Kamer Digital Asset Oasis, the website is ragdow.com and Humans.ai's website guys is Humans.ai. So the news is that Rag Dow or Russell Kamer Digital Asset Oasis and humans.ai form a strategic partnership for artificial intelligence innovation in Russell Kema UAE and the partnership guys aims to drive artificial intelligence development and adoption within Ragdao's Web3 focus zone and the collaboration guys will reshape the artificial intelligence technology and landscape in the region within the world's first free zone dedicated to digital and virtual asset companies and a memorandum of understanding signifies the operational partnership beginning offering exclusive incentives to the first AI-centric companies in Ragdao, and AI companies in Ragdao can gain access to partner ecosystem, providing services like toolkits, decentralized apps, tech solutions such as humans.ai, investment opportunities, venture capital partners, banking and licensing and quite a lot of other. And so far as humans.ai is concerned, they offer a unique blockchain for artificial intelligence, ensuring secure governance and transparent operations of AI models for Russell Kema Dow companies and the partnership guys enhances operational efficiency and expands capabilities through access to humans.ai network, products, services and tech support. And Sabine Dima, the CEO of humans.ai, emphasizes the transformative impact of this partnership of innovation, tech advancement and economic growth. And Dr. Samir Ansari, Ragdao's CEO, underscores the significance of the partnership in propelling Russell Kema to the forefront of artificial intelligence technology and gas Ragdao and humans.ai explore opportunities to establish joint accelerators, venture studios and similar facilities to drive artificial intelligence-driven entrepreneurship 
and Ragdao offers a streamlined business environment and tailored workspaces for companies within its free zone and it is also a dedicated free zone in Russell Kema supporting virtual asset companies as well. It provides a transparent legislative framework simplifying the process of opening and operating virtual asset businesses and Ragdao fosters an ecosystem offering comprehensive services to drive innovation in emerging sectors and unlock digital asset potential and Humans.ai focuses on ethical AI development offering a blockchain of artificial intelligence that empowers projects with transparency and accountability and Humans.ai's technology cars addresses ethical concerns in artificial intelligence by using proof of human mechanism and this paves the way for artificial intelligence decentralized economy and the partnership between Ragtow and Humans.ai positions Russell Kamor as a front-runner in artificial technology development and to be honest looks like by the news of it they are trying to merge artificial intelligence with blockchain technology as well and through this collaboration both entities contribute to fostering innovation, entrepreneurship and AI development in the region. Definitely positive news. So those were the news guys from Crypto and Coffee Date from Blockchain DXB. In case you guys have any feedback or suggestions, drop me an email to info.blockchaindxb.com. Check out my website www.blockchaindxb.com. And guys also check out my website area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And guys, if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a fashion rating, share the word across. Now for the next few minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. So let's kick start with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series. Where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. I have a question by Jan who asks, Do you think we could be heading towards a bearish market? Because recently we had the FOMC meeting and now the Chinese real estate collapse. Are we heading towards a bearish market? Now listen guys, everything that I'm going to say next is not financial advice and make sure you do your own research. Now listen, so far as price prediction is concerned, all price predictions are 100% right. 50% of the time. Now, so far as the news regarding Evergrande is concerned, this is definitely not ideal and unfortunately, this might have a domino effect as well. People are not realizing that the domino impact will definitely be much higher than let's say 300 or 4 billion dollars and this could eventually have an impact on the price of Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in the next coming days. So to answer your question, yes, I do feel that temporarily we might be heading towards a bearish market and somewhere in the mid of September. Jerome Powell will be announcing an interest rate hike and he's definitely going to go ahead and increase the interest rate hike as well. So what I'd really recommend you to do is Jan, keep a track on the market sentiments and you can check that via coinmarketcap.com or even alternatives.me and I'm pretty much sure even Bloomberg has market sentiments. Keep a track on that or keep a track on what is going on so far as the technology aspect is concerned. But what I think Jan is you need to be focusing on three things and these are in this specific order. The first thing is let's say news regarding Bitcoin Spot ETF and most likely the latest date when we find out an update regarding Bitcoin Spot ETF will be around January of 2024. Once that thing is approved, I do feel it will significantly impact the price of Bitcoin. But the big question is, is the anticipation of Bitcoin Spot ETF, is that actually priced in as well? It is possible that the price may not be impacted at all and what happens in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world whenever there is a massive event few days before the event or few weeks before the event 
the process of a particular project or crypto token definitely bumps up and when the actual announcement is made the price tends to dump now historically that is what is happening the second event here and what i'd really recommend you to do is keep a track on bitcoin halving and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to the price of bitcoin halving after the halving is occurred and i do feel the tentative date for bitcoin halving is somewhere around the second quarter of 2024 most likely around april again the big question is is it already priced in and because of that i really am not sure if we may not see a pump as well because look yeah, and what happens is historically litecoin has a halving few months or roughly around a year before bitcoin halving and historically litecoin has definitely had a pump and it has always reached a new all-time high but this time the news has completely gone silent it wasn't even positive it wasn't even bad at all it was like litecoin halving did not absolutely occur as well so those are the news you know again you need to keep an eye out not necessarily in the next six months but somewhere around nine to twelve months from now but apart from that yeah the other thing i can think of is a re-election in us and look historically whenever there is a re-election there is a lot of drama that actually happens a year before that and i'm talking about the second and third quarter in 2023 i wouldn't be surprised you might find out another pandemic possibility of another riot maybe some kind of revolution or maybe some kind of world war so and these are factors that need to be taken into consideration so far as the price of bitcoin and cryptocurrency is concerned but to answer your question yes i do feel that we might see a temporary bearish market but that thing would probably change let's say six to nine months from now there could be external factors as well and something which i often talk about is let's say things not related to bitcoin or cryptocurrency is what if we do find out some massive developments in artificial intelligence space or if let's say we do find out that ai is all about hype and there is no movement going on in ai unfortunately it looks like investor sentiments will go down in artificial intelligence and most likely they may not be interested in cryptocurrencies as well so those are factors you know that we need to take into consideration as well and that's about all guys on the ask me anything series on blockchain dxv in case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions drop me an email to info at blockchaindxv.com and also check out my website www.blockchaindxv.com and also check out my website area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse and guys if you like listening to this podcast please click on the follow button give it a five star rating and share the word across and guys remember monday to thursdays 8 a.m to 8 30 a.m we have krypton coffee date where we cover top news and information pertaining to bitcoin blockchain beyond blockchain cryptocurrencies nfts defa and metaverse and other series of episodes in the krypton coffee date works we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies some major breaking news occasionally short and sweet news as well use that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world the other two news and information is related to dubai uae and middle east in the world of bitcoin blockchain beyond blockchain cryptocurrencies nfts defa and metaverse and what you're listening to right now is the ask anything series where your listeners can ask any questions regarding bitcoin blockchain beyond blockchain cryptocurrencies nfts defa and metaverse thanks so much for listening guys and have a nice one bye bye